Welcome everyone to Buffalo Night Dynamite Thursday. Fireworks explosions. My name is Frank. I am the Polosaur. Polosaurus. All right. Polosaurus. I'm uh I'm Frankie Epsilon, and uh, <laughs> the um the Amer the American uh nighttime the American nightstein a uh, nightstand Scott is not available this evening. <laughs> he he's left us his notes. Um. And it was bad. It's our fault. And I'll just briefly, you know, look, we're, we're starting off for a, a coming off a loss. It's Thursday and we feel pretty good. So um, <laughs> we were going to record last night, but then I got tickets to the AEW All Elite Wrestling uh, show, which is the which is their first tape show on Wednesday night and said I can't do it. And then I found out I had two tickets and I called Paul because Paul is always easier to get to come to do something than Scott. Um and so Paul came. So sorry, Scott. This is actually how Scott's going to find out why we didn't <laughs> record last night. Um, and we had a great time. And then Scott's like, Scott basically wrote us a text message that says, I'm busy defending the free world Thursday night. So here are my, you know, here are my picks and choices and stuff. Um, right. So we, of course, we prioritize the wrestling event more. You know, we've got to go to that. Uh, you know, if that doesn't work for Scott, because hey. he's got free world. He's got, you know, his, his problem, you know. We're basically men in our forties, and if we want to go to wrestling, we're gonna go. Um, right. And look, this you is are like our heel turn because everyone is against Scott because Scott hates the listeners, and right. now we're giving him sympathy because it's like, look, we're total assholes. Look at which what gives, we did. Which gives Scott cover to become a face, not so much like he likes the fans, but as like a law and order. Well, we do the podcast when we do the podcast, not for the fans, but because it's right, and so he could become a, a face on that regard. Um, but you didn't tune in for our our discussion of the Riho and um, uh, who did she beat? Nyla Rose uh, women's championship match from last night. You came because the Buffalo Bills, uh, as you already know, lost to the New England Patriots. Um, as as many, many, many other teams have done. It was a 16-10 game. Um, Paul, we uh, we watched this game together. The three of us. Yep. It was It was pretty great. Um, the curse of us watching games together continues. Um, unfortunately, they didn't pull it out. But there was a lot of things to like about this game. Let me. And what we're going to do, because Scott's not here, we're going to do his three stars now and use that as a jumping off point for the rest of the game. So Scott gave us an honorable mention to the New England punter, Jake Bailey, and Frank Gore, the third star. Uh, and Frank Gore, the third star, was Kyle Van Noy. The second star, Micah Hyde, and first star, J.C. Jackson. The Bills, uh, he, oh, that's the, and then he'll, he'll, he'll pick the game um, from there. But it was a, it was a hell of a game. Um, they, they took it to the, the uh, New England Patriots uh, yeah. pretty, pretty well. Do you want to give us your thoughts and use any of, of those, of those names uh, yeah. to, to uh, get you started? Sorry, yeah, for, I lost track here. No, it's, it's, it's easy. We're still. We're still in kind of hype mode after after last night, and it's also the beginning of hockey season tonight. Also, our yeah, team is I, actually up one to nothing. Well, there you go. And I actually can't find the box score. It's driving me nuts. I'll find it in a second. So I've been like vamping to like, well, I don't have actual stats. I've been like, anyway, go ahead, tell so me. I'll do that. And then I should also note uh, that that Frank and I's baseball team won a huge game on Tuesday night and plays game one tonight, while Scott's team is currently ahead in game one of their series in the seventh. So what's kind of funny is you should all listen to Bills and Beers. If we don't say that, we, we you know, we <laughs> definitely should, because they're a reaction podcast. And so you listen to that right after the game. Yes. And all of the F-bombs that they dropped and everything, like, yep, that's how we felt. We're like, okay, we've had a few days to absorb it. And, you know, what, what I wrote I, on 
they work well with Bills and just to take a moment, like we are not, we don't overlap. As you said, they are very like, here's the thought, the feeling and, and how I am right now. And we always wait at least a couple of days and not that we have better thoughts, but you know, we just have the the couple of days later thought. And so um, I'm happy that they're there and I'm happy that we're here too. Right. So I'm encouraging you all to listen to multiple pods because you're going to get uh, different perspectives, including some things we'll disagree with them uh, directly on from their reaction pods. So going into the things that we like, or at least the thing that they, some things that can give us perspective, what I wrote uh, on Twitter earlier in the week, you know, and, and Frank alluded to it in the intro, you know, losing to the Pats is like losing to Brock Lesnar. Everyone does it. It doesn't mean you're bad when it happens, and when it does, if you're good, you simply brush it off and you kick the next guy's butt. And so if the Bills are really good, then no one should be worried about what happened on Sunday, and bless you, Frank. Um, So, yeah, I think the, uh, you know, it's very appropriate that we had, what I liked about Scott Stars, all defensive players, you know, Kyle Van Noy, Mm -hmm. Micah Hyde, intercepting Tom Brady in the end zone, there's a great clip of Micah and Bill Belichick online with Bill coming in to say, Micah, Micah, is that you got the interception? And then him telling him, you know, Micah telling Belichick that, yeah, he followed Brady's eyes on that play and knew it was coming. Um, This was a defensive battle. We were told that the Pats defense was actually legitimately good this year and they weren't all offense. And that happened to be uh, the case. And the Bills defense also showed it was legitimately good. These were the worst numbers by most metrics in Tom Brady's uh, you know, Super Bowl portion of his career. It really, the last 16 years or so, I think it was 2003, his last time he had a game that was this bad. In his list of his 20 worst games, uh, there are only two games on there where he's won. Do you know uh, who he played in the other game, Frank? That he won in his other worst game? Yeah, when they're looking at his 20 worst games, he's 2-18 and 18 in those. He beat the Bills this week, and then who else do you think he beat? I want to say this is a trick question, and he beat the Bills because you are I, correct. Yes, and I think it's even a Sean McDermott team because I know that they kind of had yep. his number the last couple it of was, years. It was the twenty. It was last season's uh, game, the second game, because people remember the Bills were never really in that game, but there were turnovers, and the Patriots really were exploiting the Bills on the ground in the mm-hmm. run game because Matt Milano had just gone out with the season-ending injury. So yes, uh, that's correct. So for so. You know, the the good news is you've lost to uh, probably the best team in the league that everyone loses to, and it doesn't mean you're not good. Uh, it is all not all sunshine and, and, and rainbows, though, because it's losing to the damn Patriots. And as Frank mm. also noted, we have watched a lot of football games together. Never once, I realized, have we all watched a Bills-Patriots game where the Bills have won. No, like the, it's the, been like four. And, yeah, and all yeah. of those occasions happened when either we weren't at the bar at the same time or one of us was out of town or whatever it happened to be or one when I lived in, in Buffalo. Mm-hmm. So this is it, it's frustrating to and to be able to get again so close to, you know, just to be at the Patriots 39 yard line on the last drive and and have an interception to throw three picks throughout the game that Josh Allen did, which is what I'm about to lead into to, you know, shut down Brady that fully and to not be able to just do the bare minimum. This was a game where, I the, please do not read too much into this, listeners. The Bills, if they had Terod Taylor, probably would have won on Sunday. Don't hate me. Don't hate me, everyone. This is not me you, saying you, the Bills should have Terod right. instead of Josh Allen. I would much rather have Josh Allen. But this was a game where he really, you know, was the a prime reason uh, that they lost. And I was going to save this for the listener questions, but it fits in 
well, his injury battler noticed, you know, um, it was Josh's own fault. Like Buffalo Rumbling said, the moment was too big for him and he did dumb shit. Uh, it's not a coincidence that this game, the Patriots game, was the game he finally gets dummied in. Mm-hmm. Uh, normally doesn't try to truck stick that dude at the end and knock himself out. And that's exactly what he did. And at first, I, I, I felt like I disagreed. As the week has gone on, uh, I found myself agreeing with that you know, sentiment more and more. And he, he looked discouraged on the sideline up until he got concussed and had to run off the field. And it was one of those where, and Tim Graham of The Athletic talked to Brett Favre this week exclusively about Josh Allen in a, in a very long article. And Brett's like, look, he's got to realize that, you know, the crowd may love you because you're going out and you're putting your head down. You're trying to plow through guys. That's going to get you about three or four years in the league. And then you're mm-hmm. going to really start to devalue your performance. And then they're going to fall in love with the next guy because you can't do it anymore. And you guys may have heard of a guy named Robert Griffin III who was had we live here in Washington had a phenomenal rookie season by any metric nearly killed himself running all the time. And yeah. now he's a backup where I think he's in Cleveland. So I don't know. I, I don't, don't know. know. I don't know that he might not still be in the league. Yeah. He might even be out of the league. So, you know, all of those factors, yeah, just his performance was, was terrible. And I'll let Frank talk more about that. The last thing I'll mention and, and Frank can, then go to all the things he he was going to go into. There's been a lot of Zay Jones hate. I mean, I kind of get it. He's not a superstar receiver, but you're really, you're anticipating him to make up for Josh Allen's crappy decisions and bad throws. Like you Mm -hmm. can't, can't pin that on Zay Jones. Like, Oh, we could have had that one in the end zone on the Barkley throw on fourth down. Like he leaped, he was going toward the field. Even if he catches that, which would have been miraculous, he would have caught it at the one by the time his progress, you know, by the time he controls the ball, and it would have been the same result anyway of Patriots ball mm-hmm. inside their five. Um, but I think Zay, he's the, as I think Joe Biscali pointed out, he's the Bills' best blocking wide receiver, and it's not particularly close. And contrary to what many fans think, that's simply, that's it's a big skill to have. That helps. Uh, okay. Right, and this is great, because Frank's probably going to disagree with me. Um, <laughs> and uh, I think Duke is simply, Duke Williams is simply not at the level that, Z Jones is now. Hopefully he will be someday. I've probably talked too much about this, but thankfully I barely talked about the defense. I haven't talked about Frank or I've left plenty for you, Frank, to go into. And you can disagree with all the shit I just said. Yeah, no, Frank. Well, look, Frank Gore had you guys said last week that Frank Gore, you couldn't ask much more from him. And he <laughs> went out and did more, yeah. um, which was great. And I thought that the, there was a outlook. I just it, it's fine to be the best blocking wide receiver on a team. I get it. Like, I understand that it's a skill, but it's also I'm trying to think of like, you know, it's like that's kind of like being the. I got to think of something, but it's like it's like the least useful of the skills of the wide receiver. Right. right? Like, it's, it's funny, not like, the all one the you jokes would have normally made that would be so politically incorrect now. So kudos to you on your restraint. Yeah, for... I can't think of one that really is 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 clean. It's like it's like thoroughly unexciting. And and the other thing is, like, on the third Josh Allen interception, like really Zay Jones should have been fighting a little bit harder for that ball. It looks like he kind of quit on, on breaking up the pass or, or going to get the ball. And you know, where has he been? He hasn't been anywhere. So I'm not thrilled with him. Um, I'm disappointed. You know, he's a guy who, you know, frankly has been given a handful of chances on this team. I'm certainly not going to lay this loss at his feet or anything like that. Uh, but you know, I, I didn't come away impressed with, with Zay Jones. So sue me. 
wins the, he wins Frank's Michaela Maroney award for the week. He does, like yes, he gets the the Michaela Frank Maroney uh, side eye uh, <laughs> award. I you know the funny thing that I told you and Scott this in person, so you can you can verify um, that if I had been on the pod last week, I would have said. I don't a lot of people would be talking about turnovers and how turnovers you can't make turnovers. I don't think the Bills could have won unless Josh Allen did make a turnover because I needed Josh Allen to be aggressive. And I think that what we saw as you know was the too far line. He stepped over the line of aggressive and stupid. Um he I liked a lot of what they were doing and then he was turning over the ball. If you look at their metrics for this game just like yardage wise, you know, 153 yards passing in three quarters, granted three interceptions and four sacks. But, you know, this is also not just like a great team. This is probably if the Bills are the best defense, which is debatable, it's mm-hmm. only because the Patriots are the best defense. Yeah. I, I really think the two best defenses in the league might be in the same division. And so I don't think he's going to end up playing a defense that hard. Later, so add him to the list of quarterbacks that that um, Bill that Belichick. That New England is slayed this year, right? And, and rookie quarterbacks that Bill Belichick has made look stupid. Absolutely. I think the other thing to note is, you know, he looks super horrible to start the game, and then we all kind of laughed because we saw that moment where Brian Dable grabs him by the ear and is like pointing to his head, smacking his head, and he played a lot better from that point. Yeah. So I would have loved to seen him finish the game because down six points. I don't know. Maybe maybe some of that aggression translates into the right kind of throw. Maybe he, you know, maybe he 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 turns the corner on it. Do I think that he is going to be, um, you know, that? Uh, what am I trying to say? I I think that this is some of like this is what the bad Josh Allen game is, right? This is what the bad Josh Allen game looks like. It's gonna happen. I don't. I think it's livable. I think it's okay. Because while you're right that maybe you'd win the game with with Tyrod Taylor, like you, you also might finish eight and eight in right. this game, yeah. And and you might also lose a whole bunch of other games that you have no no chance in because yep. because of whatever. And so and the difference between him and and like uh, the other turnover machine, Nate Peterman, is that you know he has some quality. I think the yeah. thing that bothers me more about Allen is like we still haven't gotten on the same page on the long ball. There has been, I mean, I feel like there's in four games, there must have been five times that he out threw the coverage and the receiver on what should have been a touchdown. And that's frustrating and that needs to get fixed. So, you know, I am not here to tell you he had a good game by any stretch. I'm here to tell you that if that's the bad game and you lose by six to the Patriots, you're in pretty fucking good shape. And, you know, like you're one wide receiver or a handful of smarter plays away. Not to mention, like, the whole fiasco with the punting. The pun- like, the difference is. Oh, we haven't even seen that. We no, haven't I even tried to block that out of my mind. Yeah, much the way the ball was blocked. You know, and there was a lot of talk this week about, you know, does Bohorquez have the authority to, like, first of all, I was just wondering why didn't they readjust the protection? Right. Scott said block. about times in person like why didn't they bring in the gunners you know just right. bring the gunners and then from there there's the very fair question of well the gunner wasn't covered at all so if you're not going to move the gunner 
just throw the ball to the gunner. And like that should have been an easy catch. And, you know, I, maybe Foreman did that at least twice in his career that I remember. Right. So I guess this this is all to me evidence of, you know, we don't really know how good Corey Borges is. Like maybe like this is more evidence of he's not great. Um, the the so the person who should have altered the coverage is probably one of the people on the line or the punter. It's hard to say whose fault exactly that was, but it was clear that that was the case. Maybe they thought they could get the 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 punt off anyway. But you look at that and you say, man, special teams is a mess. In I I can't tell you that the punt cost them the game, right? Because there was there was four interceptions and there were fumbles and there were missed plays and you know, I can tell you it wasn't the defense, I, and I can tell you that you have one less turnover or you don't give up the block punt, maybe maybe you really win this game. I don't know. Yep. There's other fair questions about whether you should be going for the field goal towards the end of the game. I know Scott was hot to go for the field goal. I know that there was um, other things. You can dissect this 10 ways from Sunday. I was happy with their aggression. I was happy that they weren't afraid of the Patriots. And this is, I think, where we should leave the game, Paul. You can let me know. This yeah. felt qualitatively different than most other Bills-Patriots games. And they've played a lot of close games. They've actually played yep. a lot of blowouts. And then there's a handful of close games. And this felt like the Patriots weren't fucking up. It felt like the Patriots couldn't deal with the, the Bills. And there are games where... Like the Monday night game with Leotis McKelvin, we're like, I can't believe we're winning this game. And the answer was like, well, yeah, it only was a matter of time, right? And it was a matter right. of right. And the day. same with the uh, Teddy Bruschi game, same the type Teddy, of game. Right, ten, the Teddy ten plus game. point lead in the fourth quarter, New England that they well, they are it, going to blow. Last year's close game, which was like, well, how much of this is the Patriots just like stepping on their own toes? I don't feel like the Patriots are stepping on their own toes. Mm-hmm. I think they had Tom Brady's number. I think they played exceptional defense and really they were like if if josh allen the next time they play the patriots if they get that defense again from the bills and he just learns to eat a sack or go down quicker um or like frankly like i guess the second big thing that's concerning with him is like he if he can learn like oh my god take what the defense gives you because there were open receivers that he didn't throw to you know, if he yep. can earn that even half the time, even a third of the time, they win this game. And it's it might might have got a little stupid. They might have won by more than seven. Right. They were by seven. They might have not won 17, 16. They might have won 23 or 20. And because they would have just made like just two more good decisions. So, you know, there you go. That's that's my thoughts on the game. Um, certainly a uh an impressive game in some ways and a disappointing games in others and so uh there you go yep uh where are we in the schedule because my i have the the box yeah, score up yeah let's say uh so why don't we do on a let's let's roll into the you know let's do the injury uh roster updates we want to roll into that now that might be the the most most natural progression out of uh, right so we have uh patrick demarco and is it patrick marlowe uh dean marlowe Marlo. patrick Pat- marlowe's someone right yeah he is a th- he, that's a person right yeah I and i'll so. be googling this well oh that. patrick marlowe uh he is a m-a-r-l-e-a-u 
uh, Canadian professional ice hockey forward. That's right. Played in the National, League, National Hockey League for uh, 20 years. That's what I was thinking. Okay. Right. So he's he's that guy. Um, <laughs> 1166 career points. So now he's 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 accomplished more than Dean Marlowe. No offense to the Bills safety. Right. Um, and Kit Marlowe. And uh, anyway, this, we could go through all the Marlows. Um, and John Johnson and Singletary limited with hamstrings, although uh, and Josh Allen, of course, limited in the concussion pro- protocol. Now, there was video today of Josh Allen handing off the football to Devin Singletary. Yep. That apparently still counts as an individual drill, which means that he didn't participate in team drills. So on the one hand, good to see Josh Allen out there doing something. On the other hand, could this be a ruse to put the Titans at disease about who's going to start the football game? All the stories are saying he could start. Um, I I don't know. Do you, Yeah, I have. You know, it's funny. I have I, I kudos to. To Sean McDermott, because I have no idea either, and neither do the Titans. And the Titans essentially said, yeah, we have to prepare for both of them. Uh, Sean McDermott knows that we have to prepare for both of them. And, uh, you know, we'll see see how it, you know, what they end up doing. And I'd, I think the Bills probably have some idea at this point. We know that Josh Allen is at least in stage phase four, excuse me, of coming back from the protocol, or else he couldn't have been participating in in any individual drills at all. No, so I think it, in stage three, they, somebody was saying in stage three, you can do individual drills. Let's see. I was going by what, uh, I could the, be wrong. The, the trusty new bills report. I'll look, I'll look him up while we do this. His name is Marcel. He replaced, uh, Mike Rodak, Marcel Louis Jacques, uh, who someday, I'm going to make fun of him someday on Twitter for having three names. Uh, so he said today, well, because once again, if QB already doesn't participate in contact drills and step four of concussion protocol allows him to participate in football specific activities and cardio strength and balance train, then what is the rush to full clearance? OK, that gives us no, no, uh, you know, well, it says step four allows you to participate in non-contact football activities and step five is full clearance. So I think since he's involved okay, so in non-contact football activities, at least in stage four, phase okay. four. Um, and, but now, I don't, and why would you, right? Why would right. you ever say yeah. anything until you had to? Right. Don't and make them make them. In fact, they've cut. And this is worth mildly mentioning. They cut Connor McDermott today to get the roster yes. down to 52. Uh, he's been at the team a couple of years. He was a draft pick. He was really the last lineman on the roster. I don't think he'll come back. If he does, he'll probably be a practice squad guy. But but good luck to him. I think he was actually a Patriots pick that we picked up a couple of years ago. Um, but why even mention uh, him being cut aside from we would mention it as a roster move is it's freed up a roster spot. I'd really right. be interested in seeing if before 4 p.m. on Saturday, the Bills bring up. Um, oh, dear. I had his name on the tip of my tongue. Davis Webb. Davis I think. Webb. Yeah, the, yep. the practice squad quarterback, because then the Titans are going to be shrugging like it could still be Barkley or could still be Allen. Whereas if they bring up a Duke Williams or they sign someone else who's not a quarterback, then you're essentially saying, OK, it's going to be Josh Allen. So. You know, we'll see what they they do. I think there's a good chance they bring up someone besides Webb and they'll know that Allen is playing. But I think the most uh, and this is another I already made it the, my Tyrod's Tyrod statement. I don't think having 2019 week five Matt Barkley at QB is depreciably worse than having 2019 week five Josh Allen at QB in terms of how you can expect the offense to produce, mm-hmm. which I don't want to be misinterpreted is. Matt Barkley is the Bills' best quarterback. Why are you saying? What are you, the yeah, con- quarterback controversy? Yeah. 
Right. Not saying that. <laughs> not saying that at all. But you know, you look at the, and just to run some very quick stats by you, which I'm going to do because I looked them up. These are some very respectable numbers I'm about to read you. Bills offense total yards 1549, eighth in the NFL. Yards per play 5.7, which is tied for 11th. And first downs 95, which is fourth overall in the NFL. So you're thinking, oh, they've done great on offense. Percentage of drives ending in a score, 22.5%, 28th. Percentage of drives ending in turnovers, 19.6%, which is also 28th, fifth worst in the NFL. They're 20th in TDs. They're 23rd in points per game. They are not finishing drives. And I think at this stage of his career, Matt Barkley, uh, as we saw against the Jets last year, he had no problem finishing drives. Yeah. So what you're going to lose in the ability to throw into tight windows, the athleticism, the scrambling and some of those intangible things, and as we like to use intangibles, that Allen provides, you're gaining from Barkley in terms of being smarter with the football, having a veteran presence, and being able to hit the occasional deep balls he did with Robert Foster to open up the Jets game last year. So I I have not too I, I whatever, if Josh Allen's ready to play, he's in stage five, he's in, you know, cleared in step five, he should absolutely play. If not, uh, I'm I'm fine with it. Rest him up. Make sure he's better after the bye. And I think Matt Barkley gives the Bills it, it, as, cl- as close a chance to win as they would if they had Barkley in there. The people in the 90s who thought Frank Reich should play over Jim Kelly were insane. <laughs> that didn't mean that Frank Reich couldn't come in and play football. That's the say. I think, you know, and I not call You know what? I think I just call, accidentally called uh, um, Josh Allen Jim Kelly. What I meant by that was... No, but I think you called Jim Kelly, Jim Kelly, because you said people want Frank Reich to start Jim Kelly. Maybe you, you know. Right. I, well, and I just meant as of today, yeah. Josh Allen's the guy you want. He's the the bigger playmaker. He's got the chance to to do more. And if you have Matt Barkley, he can do stuff too. And so that's that's good. That's the way to do it. It's just you know you can't. Um, you can't don't do drugs is what I'm saying. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's it's become just, a rock star and they'll buy them for you for free. Sorry, ex- that's my, that's my exactly. love action. Shout out for anyone who watches Thanks. Love Action every year. We we do. I, I I never thought I would like that movie until until my wife. So yeah. So there you go. So this is a good discussion for our other pod. Uh, maybe uh, next. Maybe next love. Here, maybe right, I don't maybe, know. Maybe maybe next Alan Rickman film. Yes. Oh, dark. Way too dark, Frank. Not dark. Go. Well, he's not going to do another film because he's dead. Well, that, but we could cool. watch another of his films. Okay. I suppose. All right. Anyway, back. I'm with you on Josh Allen. I want Josh <laughs> Allen to start. I don't feel bad if Matt Barkley starts. And um, we will get to the Titans game, who are who are probably nobody to sleep on at this point. Um, I'm I'm actually more not more hopeful, but I'm 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 more wondering about Devin Singletary. Yep. I feel like you know talk about another thing that might have been the difference there. In a in a in a Patriots game, it might have been him. Um, so we'll go there, and of course, Connor McDermott. Uh, one less McDermott for me to confuse <laughs> with the guy I went to school with on the team. Um, uh, Tyler Croft, uh, Ty Nischke, and and Corey Thompson all ankle problems. They did not practice. Um, Tyler Croft getting Wally pipped before he could even yeah. be Wally Pip. It's uh, yeah, he's he's gotten uh, he's gotten knocked out of the lineup. Uh, that he, was not a great one, but. You know, uh, to the right. point where to the point where Sal Capaccio on WGR, uh, who wants to give everybody a chance, was basically like, you know, they can get out of his contract at the end of the year pretty easily. Yep. And 
I I think that's a thing. I think that they oh, yeah. they didn't know what they had in da- Dawson Knox, but uh, I'm all in on Fort Knox here because he's he's fun. He's yeah. excellent, and uh, I think that he'll be um, you know, I think he'll be a good guy to have around. Uh, but maybe we should save that discussion for another time. But if you have any questions right. on uh, th- thoughts yeah, that- on the here. This, you 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 hit my one big thought, which is the Singletary absence might have been a bigger absence in the last game is the one I'm most concerned about mm-hmm. in the game going forward. You know, McDermott in his press conference today alluded to the fact that, you know, it'd be great to give him some extra rest because there's the bye week coming up after this week. But yes, he, the, the Titans are not a bad team. Uh, right. They've they've had some they've had two really good games and they've had two uh, sort of games. So they're tough to read. Like a lot of NFL teams are a quarter of the way through the season. Um, <laughs> he could have made a difference against the Patriots. Yeldon played very well. Don't get me wrong. Frank Gore played exceptionally well. Uh, but Singletary provides a dimension to the game that the Bills simply don't have without him. And that was missed in the Patriots game to be missed in the upcoming game. Uh, I think Ty Inseki not practicing a couple days in a row. Uh, Cody Ford is he? We've talked about Cody Ford now. This is like three or four straight weeks where we've noted like the Bills' offense seems to be better with Inseki at right tackle. So that could mm-hmm. be something to watch going forward. Um, yeah, but uh, you know those are my general thoughts on the the injuries. I re- I think Singletary's the biggest, and I hope he's back. Teron Johnson, you know, he started well as a nickel. I think Sir, Sir and Neil and Dean Marlowe, while a drop off from Teron Johnson, are not a steep drop off from Teron Johnson. So, no, you no, know, I don't think uh, so either. We'll, we'll be fine there. So I think Singletary is a big one, and that's probably the one to keep the closest eye on. All right. Well, yeah, we also had, uh, I mean, Foster Long. Oh, Trey. Yeah. I think Trey will play. I mean, yeah, all through. I Beasley, Foster, Spencer Long, Trey, all listed is is injured on the uh, injury report, but all have practiced in full at least one day, if not both days this week. So I would expect all four of them to be in the lineup. I'll, I'll like having Foster back. My one not semi-bold prediction for the game. I think this is the week uh, we finally get a deep ball to Foster. But we'll see. We'll see. Um, so we should, you know, let's talk about the first quarter review and our second quarter yeah. preview before we get to our listener questions, because I think all of us, did we all have them going? I think we all had them three, three and one. one. I'm going to double check. I, I've been saving. I know. Lately. I know last week I picked them, the bills to upset the Patriots. So I know I'm behind you guys on the game to game predictions, but I think at the outset, yep, we, we all were all three like and three. And three and and it's one. funny. We all picked them perfectly. We all picked them to win the first three and to lose to the Pats. Now you changed your Pats pick going into last week, but still, uh, for the preseason, like we are dead on uh, at this point in our, our season predictions. So we all had right. them three and one at this point and they're three and one. And another reason that I feel like, you know, pretty optimistic and we sound kind of upbeat in comparison to probably how we felt day of on Sunday, because, well, this is kind of what we expected. Now, you know, you can't exactly rem- know how it's going to look, but, you know, we we you know, there's no shame in losing to the Patriots. And I think we knew that four weeks ago and we know it now. So, um, but the, the next four games, uh, the, the Titans coming up and then we have home games, all three, right? Yep. We have week off and then we have, uh, Miami, Philadelphia and Washington all in Buffalo. All in Buffalo. The bills will be with the bye week and then three straight home games a month without having to go on the road. So they will, they're, they're not going to be able to claim travel fatigue is an issue for performance, uh, yeah. at all during that month. The uh, the agrarian of this country have a saying: you gotta make hay while the sun shines. And my friends, 
uh, putting the Titans game aside, you you got to make hay against Miami and Washington. Um, and Philadelphia is not uh, easy, but they're not they're not the Super Bowl uh, favorites in the NFC either. So, um, you know, three home games and then a big road game against the Titans. Paul, do you want to give us your thoughts on this? The, the second sure. quarter here? Yeah, sure. Of course, we'll get to the Titans game at the end. So we'll start with the Dolphins. If the Bills don't beat the Dolphins at home after a bye week, I think we have to have some serious, you know, discussions about. That's a fire buddy moment, isn't it? Yeah. It's almost like, yeah. yeah. Okay. So I'm going to pick that, that to be uh, a win for the Bills and a a big win. I can't imagine anyone will disagree with me. And you agree. And I believe Scott Scott did too. I'll pull up Scott's notes. uh, So you can cover Scott's portion here. All right. So that's, that's the Miami game. The Philly game, this is an interesting game. As, as you noted, Frank, they're no longer considered Super Bowl contender, but they just went on the road against an undefeated Packers team and put up 34 points and did it with a combination of both good old-fashioned, what I love, ground game, running the football, and then Carson Wentz looking like Carson Wentz uh, in a 2017 season where he was an MVP candidate until right. he got injured. Uh, they also are, you know... They are also a team that went that barely beat Washington in when and played in Philadelphia, lost to an inconsistent Falcons team, and lost at home to a Lions team that I can't make heads or tails of, and I won't even try. Right. So this is a tough game to pick because what Eagles team are you going to to get? I will say this: the Eagles have never won a, have not won a game this season by more than seven, and have not lost a game by more than four. So I expect this to be. Uh, close game. I think the Eagles are a good team. I am going to, uh, and I, I know I'm agreeing with Scott here, but I'll get to his page. I'm going to say that the Eagles are going to win this, this game. I think they, they propose a lot of, of unique challenges. And I, I worry that the Packers game might be the beginning of them getting their shit together, but we'll, we'll see. I agree. I think that it'd be, I think this is the game I'm going to pick them to lose because I don't know anything else about the Eagles other than they are dynamic in some regards, even if they're not great. Um, and so you can, I don't think it's uh, a foregone conclusion all at all, though. I definitely think Buffalo right. can win this game, especially given Buffalo's defense. I think that that's kind of, this defense is going to, if this defense continues to be this defense, the way that it looks, they're going to be in every football game this year. They're going to be able to win any football game this year. And so I'm thrilled about that, but I think that it, because I'm hesitant to say they'll go for they'll win four in a row. That's a hard thing to do in the NFL. I think that the Eagles are the natural spot here for a letdown. I agree. You, you, there's no way you can pick them to lose to the Dolphins. It's just like it's not that they couldn't. It's just that you, you right. You like, wouldn't be it, using logic. You'd be purposely trying to be contrarian for the sake of being contrarian. Like I would. I would love to have an NFL expert who studies film all the time, who knows the scouting reports, read to me in what way Miami matches up well against Buffalo. Right. And is uh, is, this, is at least a plausible 40% or more ability to win that game. I don't think that exists. Yeah, me, me neither. Um, and then they, they play uh, the local squad here. Uh, in in the D.C. area where we record from, the the Washington Football Club a game we uh, can all watch together from from a TV if we you know without having to worry about streaming issues. So mm-hmm. we're very happy with with that game. We um, could eat, 
even mix it up with the locals if we wanted. Yeah, um, that, not that we will. Yeah, um, we we all like each other, but not really the outside world. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, which is why Frank works from home, and I talk to like three people in person every day, and otherwise stay in my office. Yep. Uh, anyway, yes, I feel I don't feel as strongly as I do about the Miami game, but this is another one where yep. the Bills are matched up well. The Bills should. I mean, Colt McCoy or. Haskins yeah or and they have a third guy in there too that they've been talking about it might be Keenum who's get who's injured but I don't even know I don't think it's key I don't even I don't even know what I live in DC I hear about the team all the time they're talking about them every Monday morning when I come into work mm-hmm. I'm not even sure who their quarterback is that's agreed that's the relevance that Washington's football team has right now so I, I say the Bills are going to win this one it's in Buffalo it's the end of a you know three straight home game stretch I yeah I I logically yeah, they- they, for me. They've been firing Jay Gruden since before the season started. They did nothing to improve the team. The quarterback Alex Smith that they signed is is thankfully not like actually physically dead based on like the yeah. reports that were coming out. Like I, I don't know if it was sepsis or something, but he had a really terrible turn after his leg surgery. Um and I am thrilled that he's alive and okay, but like there there's nothing going on with this football team. At all, they they just seem to be waiting, you know, waiting for the waiting for it to end, right? Like yeah. that seems to be the the deal. Um, so I also have to think that they can beat Washington at home here, um, which is the first time that they've been in Buffalo in a while because the yeah, last time they were they oh, were no, they were in Toronto, yeah, exactly. So you're right. The last yeah, time no, Buffalo would say- have been two thousand and three. Yeah. Holy heck! I gotta look up that. I know the Bills won. But I'm gonna look up that game just to see some names. That's got. I do. I was living in a. I was living in a house, uh, a group house, because I was still in law school at the time, and uh, yeah, and I remember we were watching on two different t- TVs. The the Washington fans upstairs, and I had the TV downstairs. Right. Dominant we all... Bills victory, where you got to watch Drew Bledsoe go 19 of 26 for 244 yards. Travis Henry run 31 times for 167 yards, more than five yards a carry. Do you, I, do you know the two Washington quarterbacks that day? Uh, it would probably be Patrick Ramsey. Oh, you nailed it. He was their main and star. He Jason Campbell. Is that Jason Campbell? Or is he that was with the team then, but their backup who got uh, three attempts, one completion, four yards, Rob Johnson, Rob Johnson. Okay. Uh, I felt like this was a Monday night game too, or no, excuse me. It was, I'm sorry. It was a Sunday afternoon, four 15 game, but yeah, 20, 24 to seven bills, bills rolled over them. Not even close. close. Uh, well, you know, what is close is our fans and our listeners because they are close to our heart and Washington too. We should mention that. Oh yeah. Scott pick. Yeah. Scott pick. We all been five and two less the Titans game, and we've all agreed on all seven games, which Correct. is crazy. And so the Titans game might I don't know, we'll have to see. The Titans game might be the first point of dissension, but yeah. I don't I don't know that for sure yet. So we'll have to see. Um so can you get us started on some listener questions et cetera? I would, I would love to. I have to pull up the the Facebook page and uh we'll get to Steven's questions there, and then I have one on Twitter we'll get to as well. Actually we'll start with, with Brian. 
Uh, punt. He noticed very impressed with my first look at the defense in a complete Bills game. Uh, the Yolo balls out and threw up were like watching Fitz magic, though, with the inevitable conclusion that that brings. I think it's safe to say we agree. And then Stephen uh, asked a good question is uh, of Brian's comment. Um, is Allen progressing adequately? It's not obvious if he is how many times you have to be told not to throw off bounce to multiple coverage, to not run backwards, to escape pressure, to hold on to the ball, to slide or get out of bounds. Plus, his accuracy seems to be getting worse, and he cites his QBA is 38.6. And yeah, I think we can agree. Those are all fair questions. It's it's what frustrates us with him is it's not, uh, hey, he's you know not stepping into throws. His arm strength just isn't there. He doesn't see the field well. He doesn't grow through his progressions well. He seems to be able to do some of the things that are more difficult to learn. All he has to do is not make bad decisions. Um, you know, so I think I'm st- I still think he's progressing adequately. I wouldn't use a stronger word than that. But yeah, you're absolutely right, Stephen. If he needs to stop being, have to be told these things and just get it out of his system, take what the defense gives him. And um, yeah, I mm-hmm. still think he's fine for being a second year quarterback starting you know, 15 games or however many starts. Not even a, yeah, not even a full season of starts yet. Yeah. Um, but I would, I, I, I think you're right to say it's a fair question. I think those are fair questions from Steven. I think that what I want to, what I believe is, you know, first of all, progress is not linear. You are going to go up and down. It's all about the average going forward. And so I don't want to, I don't want to judge him too harshly again against what is probably one of the two or three best defenses in the league and certainly a much better defense than any other he'll have to face this year. Um, so, you know, put that in, you know, you don't get to, you don't get to talk about how great the bills defense was, uh, you know, making Tom Brady look like a fool and then, you know, get also get frustrated with Josh Allen looking terrible against basically an equally good defense. Um, and that second of all, no, that's all I wanted to say. It's like, (laughs) I I feel like progress is not linear. So, you know, I'm not going to, I'm just going to sort of say I'm, I'm kind of where I was last week with him where it's like, okay, he looks good for a rookie. I like the aggression. I like that. They're comfortable with the things that they're trying. And personally, I think it's going to be easier for him to learn not to make stupid mistakes. than it's going to be for him to, you know, have to learn some of the things that, um, you know, other right, people. We have... talked to that, that I mentioned, you know, Zachary's right. been good in three or four games. He's still going through his progressions. Fine. He's seemingly fine. He's just, he's his, his footwork has improved, but his decision-making needs to definitely get better. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, all right. I'll quickly read a question here before the sirens go by and you can answer it, Frank. Um, I, you know what? I'm going to have to, you know, it's going away. All right. I'm going to talk over good. a siren. I think Gore didn't get a single touch in the fourth quarter. Steven says, being down by six with 15 minutes left to go is not like being down by 15 with six minutes to go. Bad Dable. Fully agree. We didn't really mention Dable. I thought he game planned three out of four games perfectly. And I see we have a special guest who's joined us here who will uh, let chime in in a minute. All right. And uh, I yeah, don't need Bad to chime in. Is that John Moxley? John Moxley John Mox- from behind. Oh, my God, King. All right. <laughs> Sorry. Well, if we'd started normal time, Scott, you actually would have been like... Minutes. Go ahead. Sorry, Frank. No, I was going to say I felt bad. I was going to tell Scott this accidentally turned into a wrestling podcast while you were gone. So (laughs) (laughs) Um, anyway, uh, what was the what was the question? And we'll let we'll let Scott answer it. 
Sure. Um, essentially, Scott, Stephen, a note on Facebook. I think Gore didn't get a single touch. And welcome to the pod. Yes. Uh, I think Gore didn't get a single touch in the fourth quarter. Being down by six with 15 minutes to go is not like being down by 15 with six minutes to go. Bad Dable. Issues with Dable's play calling at all, Scott? Um, you know, it's tough. Uh, I think I think we tried to mix it in. I think we're having decent success. I, I do think that the way the defense was playing, I think we could have been a little more conservative, especially given the the problems that Allen and Barkley, to a lesser extent, were having. It, it did make sense to try and find some ways to keep Gore more involved in the game late. But ultimately, I mean, I think the natural instinct for every offensive coordinator when you're down late is to throw more. Um, so I'm not going to kill him too much, but I, I, I think that's a, I think that's a valid critique at the same time. Frank yeah, disagrees. I agree. And I would, I would say that's probably the most insightful statement made in the 44 minutes that we've been on the air. So well done. One comment and, and you win. Yeah. And I, I, I've actually been happy with Dable's play calling for three games, but yes, I think he could have been a more, had a more conservative game plan, which is not to say I disagree with Frank's assertion that it's good to be aggressive and have Josh, you know, try to make plays against the Pats. But when Frank Gore is tearing them up, you know, the Patriots last year, they crushed the Bills in the second game. Brady had a terrible game, but they still crushed the Bills because like, hmm, here's where we can expose them. Let's do it. Right. Uh, no, I think that's perfectly a good comment. So I'm going to I'm going to let Scott have it. I'm going to concede the point. All right. I will read the next question and Scott can jump in on this, too, because Scott, you've got catching up to do, Scott. So you've got to do like 20 minutes of talking on each question. Absolutely. All right, Greg. Greg asks, uh, Allen and the Bills had a good TD drive in the third quarter with the Pats before he was knocked out of the game. Agree. So mm-hmm. what made this third quarter drive different than the previous third quarters this year where Josh looked like he was still waking up from a halftime nap? And yeah, we didn't mm. talk about that. They didn't. He's had a third quarter lull every game this year, which we talked about ad nauseum last week. This week, he played well in the third quarter, save the one interception, which again was dumb. I'd like to go first because my answer sure. is a one word. It's randomness. <laughs> it's it's literally just it happens that we all, you know, players have lulls and then they they wake up and sometimes they happen in the third quarter and sometimes they happen in the fourth quarter. And so guess what? That was the day that he didn't have it in the in the fourth quarter or the, in the third quarter. I think it could be some of that. Um, I, I think randomness is always like. There's a, uh, I think it's a, I forget what it's called, fundamental actor attribution bias or something where you always assume that there's a reason for something happening when actually randomness explains a lot. Right. But I will say there's a bit of, um, to me, I would say this is a bit of the chess match that I think I'm seeing is that, and frankly, those other games, you know, we, we were moving the ball okay in some of those games, but for a variety of, you know, the Giants game, we got up, the Jets game, we did we kept shooting ourselves in the foot very clearly, but it wasn't so much the play calling, it was execution. Mm-hmm. And then in the, um, i trying to remember, what was our third game? The Bengals. Bengals, the Bengals yeah. yeah. The Bengals, we were also moving the ball well. And then the opponents, for I think variety of reasons, may have found some ways to disrupt what we were doing. Whereas in the Pats game, I would say, we came in with a game plan that was mostly inadequate for whatever reason or executed so horribly that it, it had no way of... of, of surviving and then by this really the i'd say the middle of the second quarter actually is when alan really started to turn it around and then going into the third quarter uh dayball had figured out some ways to get alan better involved and had told alan to pull his head out of his ass 
and <laughs> that that had worked for whatever reason. And then that 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 uh, that was more important than the the kind of the whatever uh, counter moves Belichick had made. And that's why it's a shame to see Allen have gone out in the third quarter there because he had. I don't want to say he would have won the game for us, but it seemed like he had they had sort of figured out some things that were working about halfway through that third quarter. And then yeah. he goes down and we're, we're stuck with Barkley and Barkley was able to make some things happen too. It just wasn't quite enough. Um, and then obviously the pass protection became a lot more difficult with the far less mobile Barkley back there. Uh, mm-hmm. So who knows? Yep. I'll split the difference in your answers and note. I think there's a degree of, of randomness there where, you know, it just happens to be what, you know, the Patriots call something a certain way, maybe hits a certain pass and he missed before in the games. They still needed four tries from inside the five or the 10 to get in the end zone on a QB sneak, which they just barely got. Uh, but at the same time, I do think Scott is onto something that, you know, the game plan is, as we talked about, this was not Dable's best week cover one agreed in their film analysis. That this was not, the best week uh, in terms of the, of game planning. Uh, but they coming out, they made some good adjustments at the half. And I think that was a, a good difference. All right. The uh, going on with the questions, uh, Phil, and then Steven piggybacks on something Phil says here. What did you think about going forward on, on fourth down near the goal line at the end of the third quarter? Phil said he liked the ballsy approach, but with the whole quarter to go and a backup QB, maybe take a look at field goal at that time. And then, you know, a game could have made it into overtime, see how it goes. Steven said he agreed with the call and is generally in favor of going for a TD inside the five-yard line. And then, no, it's worst case to trap the team deep, et cetera, et cetera. And the Bills had had trouble moving the ball the whole game. I generally, in this case... Well, first, we, dis- just we discussed this watching the game. I, I'm glad that did. he asked this question, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I agree with, with Steven, but it can go both ways. I, 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 have no, I would have not been hugely upset they kicked the field goal but I would have gone for it there simply because I didn't know how often they're going to be able to get down there against the Patriots defense, especially with Barkley in there. They got down that far. You take your chance. You see if you can get in, but you can disagree with me on this and I'm not going to vehemently object. I'm, I'm with Paul. I think the other thing I'd add is that the last drive, the way that the last drive ended it, I don't think there would have been a qualitative difference with how the drive looked whether they had to go for seven or go for three to tie because they, I mean, the play that, that disrupts it was just a play to get down the field. So I think they would have been kind of in the same spot either way. Um, you know, but I'm, I'm with Paul mostly on the idea, like you don't know when you're going to get your next, you know, chance down there. So go for it while you had it. Um, but I, I'm sure Scott would like to, to, to rebut. Yeah, well, I know, I and mean, we we discussed this on. I mean, it wasn't it wasn't a vehement dis- disagreement or anything that we had right. on Sunday, but yeah, yeah I mean, the, you kick the field goal because then you kick the field goal, and then you only need another field goal to tie, and you get to keep the game going longer if you don't if you if you don't. Whereas if you, um, yeah, I mean, if you get the touchdown, sure you win it, um, or you 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 put yourself the lead, in, yeah. ahead. Um, but at the same, you know, it, it just seemed like we were having some problems at the goal line in general that game. And it, it didn't seem like a recipe for success. Um, obviously. And the other thing is you, you don't really know how it's going to play out either way. Um, so it's, it's tough to, to know, but I, right. I was, I would have been okay with kicking a field goal. I don't, I don't hate the call. Um, I'm not sure I would have thrown it, frankly, whether mm-hmm. it's a Barkley sneak or a, um, you know, 
something weird on the ground, you know, try and catch him napping on a draw. I don't know. It's, it's, it's tough, but, uh, I, it just seemed like that was a tough spot to put Barkley in. Yeah. And you know what? Like it might be a whole different question if Allen's available because that is the perfect spot for him to be Josh Allen, right? Like, it's like, okay, well that almost becomes a no brainer now because you've got one more weapon who's just so comfortable Six five you know, two four taking off he, right yeah he can he can he can knock over a linebacker on the way in yeah but yeah it's yeah. with Barkley it's not not quite that and and to back up Scott's point on going for the field goal had they done it and made the field goal then when you're at the Patriots 39 yard line with the shade under two minutes left you can go to Gore you can try some short passes because you're not trying to get 39 yards into the end zone with no timeouts you're trying to gain five, 10, 15 yards, whatever you can get, run down the clock. The Patriots would actually probably use timeouts in that situation. Right. Uh, and you'd, you know, be able to kick a field goal to tie. Um, would quickly address this question by Steven. He says Zay has been taking a beating this week, deservedly so, I believe. Frank and I kind of addressed that. Although, Sky, you're certainly welcome to give your thoughts on Zay's. Frank and I disagreed a little bit there. How much time does he have left? What about Foster? Do we expect to change after the bye? And what would we do if it were our call? I uh, just to give my quick answer, I think it's going to depend on a game plan. I think Zay's going to be on this roster for a while simply because I don't know if there are better options and he's still their best blocking running back in games mm-hmm. where they might be run heavy. They might keep him in there. I really do want to see Robert Foster get some pl- more playing time this week now that he's fully healthy. I want to see them utilize the deep ball more with him. Um, but wholesale, yeah, I would expect some changes after the bye. And I think my call. Uh, you know, would be to find ways to get Robert Foster on the field more, to find ways to get McKenzie on the field more, and to do that in tandem with Beasley and Brown on more obvious passing sequences, because that's tough to defend with that amount of speed and ability on the on the field. And I expect Dable to review that during the bye week. Yeah, um, go ahead, sorry. Scott. Yeah, no, you do it. You're you're up. Yeah. Um, no, I'll briefly say like, yeah, I noticed some of the press coverage this week and I kind of wanted to see like how much of this was the reporters asking and how much of it was McDermott bringing it up or, or whatever. But I was stunned that like, that's, that's, that's a thing that we need to worry about is our wide receivers not fighting enough on balls that our quarterback has, you know, directly sent to the other team. Like, I understand. Yeah. You want them competing. But in the grand scheme of things, that is that's like having making sure your linemen are good at tackling on interceptions like that, <laughs> like that's stopping the bleeding after the fact. Like we're not really. Yeah, I, I said the exact thing earlier, Scott, you, you and I are on the same page there. Yeah. So, I, you know, it, sure. You want to. I'm also not like necessarily a huge Zay Jones fan. Like, I'm not sure he's doing a tremendous amount for the team right now. Not sure he was quite worth the the second round pick that we invested, or I think he was a second round pick yep, that we invested. He was, he was and they traded up yeah. for him too. Um, compared to what we've seen out of Foster, and I think Foster should definitely get a little more run. And again, I'm I like Duke Williams too, so I'm not saying that it's because I love Zay Jones so much. It just seems like a, a a poor way to criticize him. Of like, I don't like his hustle on the interceptions. That's that's a little uh, that that seems a little specious. So. Specious. Well done. Yeah, and I think it means what's going to happen. Remember last year when uh, he threw an interception and Sean McDermott said about Kelvin Benjamin, I'd like to, you know, for Kelvin to cut a little fat off the route. And then two weeks later, the Bills cut a little fat off the roster by cutting Benjamin entirely. Mm -hmm. So I think when Ben, it is worth noting that when McDermott calls out a player specifically, it's not a great sign for that player. Uh, Yeah, I know that I know that people want to go get Stefan Diggs. 
Um, and I well, I had that... the mute mentions on Twitter, by the way, because I'm like, this is not happening. I'm not wasting my time with this BS. Right. I, I don't think it's happening either, but I think that it speaks to, look, this team wanted An- An- Antonio Brown in the offseason. They understand that they need a playmaker. They understand that their wide receivers are not great. And frankly, everything else aside, I don't know what Zay Jones is doing on this team. And I think the answer right now is the same answer as it was for um, uh, Benjamin last year. It's only because we don't have a better option available at this minute. And the moment that we have a better option, we're going to make a move because he's he's overstayed his welcome. And he's a guy that they they like they stuck by through some hard times like he, he didn't fit the the old, you know, don't make any ripples mold. And I think he I think they're ready. To, they've hit on a lot of their 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 um their draft picks. And I think that they're going to be OK, not hitting on all of them. And I, I'm ready for them to cut bait on 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 St. Jones. All right. A couple of final questions. Stephen did note more knocks. We all agreed on that. I'm guessing Scott might agree with that uh, as well. Yeah. But comment later. Um, also, he says Alan was scrambling a lot. Was the old line bad or was Alan just skittish and impatient? I will jump in and say I think it was the latter for this game. And there was, as I was looking at the all 22, too many plays where Alan bailed early when his protection was totally fine. I'll say that there was also plenty of plays where he clearly didn't have somebody open and he was frustrated. So I think they were making him skittish. It wasn't just that he was skittish. It was that he was, you know, it was it was. It was a mix. They again, they're a very good defense. So, you know, they you don't don't discount them. Yeah, the the pressure the pressure was was there. It was not always consistent. There were some times definitely where Josh, you could see him get a little squirrely. I remember very specifically one play where it was like he thought about running and then kind of ran back into the pocket, but then by then he had already lost whatever time he had had that he should have been looking that field. So, um, it it is frustrating. Um, but I, I will put some of it on the offensive line because, um, you know, I, I think the general book on them thus far has been okay at run blocking and needs needs improvement on the pass blocking just in general. And we saw that when Barkley was in there too. So, All right. And the last question uh, from Steven as well, and this will be, we'll try and dissect quickly since we're, we're moving along fast on time here. Uh, but worth noting, he said at first he thought uh, uh, Jones should have been ejected for the town now. But looking at it over, he doesn't think it was clearly intentional, or fragrant. And I would, I would, I'm actually going to agree with uh, Stephen on that point. I, I was livid when it happened. I was pissed after the game. I wasn't even texting or emailing back any of my Patriots friends. Looking at afterwards and seeing various angles on it, questionable hit. I don't think he was intending to knock Allen out. It was worth a 15-yard penalty, and I agree with that. I think it should be a fine as well. Uh, and I also didn't like how he got up and acted like a total dick when he did it. Yes. Uh, that, was un- that pissed me off, which should get you 15 yards. So pissed me off, angry about it. I think 15 yards and a fine is the appropriate call, and maybe ejection was not the appropriate. It would have been... A little, I would, let's put it this way. If our Patriots fan, they ejected him. I, I would have been pissed. I, yeah, I could, I could kind of see it either way. I, I think it's definitely at least borderline. I know like Wisconsin had two seventy safeties ejected in the last week for targeting. So it's not like these things don't happen. Uh, one of them was very intentional for a very blatant one was a little more borderline. This one was kind of in between. So I would have been fine with him being ejected. I definitely, as Paul said, wanted him ejected in an instant. But I also kind of get that Allen was 
Allen's a big guy and we've seen him shake off one tackler plenty of times. So mm-hmm. if you're the Patriots, you can't just be like, oh, well, we had one guy on him. So, you know, let's not get a penalty by getting a second guy. It's like, no, we need the second guy to come in and lay some wood because it may, one guy may not do it. So yeah. ultimately when you're a big guy and you're using your, your, uh, your athleticism and your size in that way, it's going to happen more, which is one of the risks inherent in that. Um, fully agree. Nothing to add. And then the last point he makes on this, which is an interesting one, which again, we'll cover quickly. Holding offsets unnecessary roughness is that stupid, essentially, is what he's asking. And he says a defensive lineman could jump offside and then allow an offensive lineman. Like you could, you know, like if an offensive lineman does something like holding, can the defense just then hit someone free of charge, essentially? My solution to this would be you enforce both. You do the 15-yard personal foul, automatic first down. And then you enforce a 10-yard penalty on the offense. And the offense has first and 10 from five yards above where the play started. That's my solution to that. That's not a bad solution. I think that there is, I think that there is a, an issue though about those two things shouldn't offset because they're not right. the same type of penalty. A personal foul is a much more severe penalty to me than a hold, especially where a guy's head's involved. So yes, yeah. yeah. I, I think that makes sense. I think the offsides one is more. I think you have to cancel it out when it's offsides because then you'll just if there was an offsides call, then all the offensive linemen would do is hold everyone until right. the play got off. And then what would be the point? Then, you know, it, it would, you know, it, it would defeat the purpose of, of that free play to a certain extent being, being fair. So. Okay. Know. Those are the questions. Do you want me to roll into this St. Bill's headlines, Frank? I, I do because I do. And then we can go to the Titans game and we can, we can leave because all I'm right. done with I mean, I love you people. What did I say? Yeah. Done. Well, we certainly don't want to be watching our, our respective teams baseball games right now. So um, but that's that's another story for another day. All right. Uh, October 2nd. That's we're going to pretend it's yesterday because that's the day I thought we were initially potting and I wasn't going to re-research all this crap. So here we go. October 2nd, 2018. How blank and blank accomplished a franchise first. In Buffalo's week four matchup with the Packers, both blank and blank recorded their first career sacks. With the takedowns, blank and blank became Buffalo's first set of rookie defensive backs to record sacks in the same contest. Wow. Hmm. So this is an interesting one. What year is this again? Usually last, this... last year. So. Last year. Okay, so... Trey White. Trey White. No, no, he was a 2017 rookie. Remember? Oh, look at foolish me. Uh, it's either Johnson or Neal, I assume, right? You got them both. Johnson. Teron Johnson and Saron Neal were the first Buffalo set of rookie defensive backs to record sacks in the same contest. Good job, Scott. All right. Uh, blank, 2017, sorry. Blank uses football as Nintendo cartridge after first Bills TD. After quarterback Tyrod Taylor found blank in the end zone to give the Bills a 7-3 lead in the second quarter, the receiver, without missing a beat, pretended the football was a Nintendo cartridge, blew into it, jammed it into a make-believe console, and began miming the act of playing a video game. How do I not remember this? I don't either, and yet that sounds amazing. I do remember that, but I don't My other hint on this player is he was literally just signed today by the San Francisco 49ers. Marquise Goodwin. Nope. He's been with the Niners for a couple of years. This guy was literally signed today, like hours ago, by the Niners after not playing the first four games. I figured maybe they cut him or something. Um, 
Hmm. Wide receiver? Wide receiver, played 2016 for the Bills. Excuse me, played 2017 for the Bills. Went back to his old team for 2018. Didn't play the first four games this year. Was part of the crew of inadequate receivers the Bills had uh, for several seasons after, you know, trading away Sammy and losing Robert and Marquise Goodwin and Chris Hogan and everyone else who could play football competently at the receiver position. Let's see. I'm trying to give you guys. I don't. I didn't. Robert Royal. (laughs) Always Robert Royal. Uh, Eagles was the team he came from and then went to. Oh, LaShawn McCoy. Jordan oh. Matthews. Jordan Matthews. There's. There you go. All right. All right. Yeah, he was a terrible like experiment, wasn't yeah, he? Yeah, he was. That they, they trade Ronald Darby for him, and Ronald Darby's been meh for the Eagles, but at least he gave Darby gave them some good play in a right. season. So the, the you know Eagles clearly win that trade. Uh, Twenty sixteen. This is a game today. Uh, I, so this isn't an official headline, but it's let's see if you can guess. Bills shut out the Patriots this day, 16 to nothing. So I wanted to mention it. Of Jacoby the Brissett. Yeah, he was the quarterback. Yep. Of the Bills, 22 starters that day. How many uh, are still with the team? Can you name them? I think there are three starters, and I cannot name them. All right. Jerry, well, no, Jerry. Hughes. He, right? is, he is one. So you have at least one starter uh, and one person. Shaq with Lawson. Shaq Lawson did not start that day. Uh, the other defensive end was uh, Adolphus Washington that day. This Adolph- is a crazy, crazy lineup because Washington was normally a tackle, but he played defensive end. He started defensive end that day. Uh, Jalen was not in Mark Guevara. No, that's <laughs> Um, I'm going to go talk to my family briefly, and then I will I will join you guys in a moment. All right, we'll let you know what the answer was because I can't I can't name. Well, you are you are halfway there, Frank. The other one, Lorenzo Alexander. The Lorax. Okay. Offense: Taylor McCoy, Woods, Goodwin, Clay, O'Leary, Glenn, Incognito, Wood, Miller, Mills, and then Washington: Kyle Williams, Bryant, Hughes, Alexander. The Brown brothers, Zach Brown at will, Preston at Mike, Gilmore Darby, Aaron Williams, Corey Graham. All right. 2015. If John Miller can't go. Oh, this is a question for Scott. I'm going to skip this one and we'll see. Okay. If All right. Skip that one and come back to it. All right. Uh, 2014. Bill's blank. And this is good because this is one for you. Bill's blank channels his inner Bryce Harper. Blank was asked, why will you run this offense better than EJ? He replied, that's a crap question. He didn't add bro, but that's what they were getting at with this. Is that a th- Let's see. It could have been Tyrod, right? Could have been. Then Bills didn't get tired the before 2015 season. Okay, so this is like. So since then, it was like. Okay, was it Thad Lewis? Wasn't Thad, but you're you're on the right track. He and EJ right. did battle for playing school. Also battled EJ for playing time, but there was one guy the Bills had who actually played extremely well for the 12 games he played for the team, passed for over 3,000 yards that season. But that was oh, it. For Why am I? Oh, um, um, uh, the rental, Kyle Orton. Yes, Kyle Orton. So there we said, go. I wanted to say he says that's a crap question, bro, but it was just that. I had a, I had a uh, fantasy baseball team called That's a Clowny Question, Bro. Yeah. Uh, it was a football team because of David Clowney, right? Yes. Um, yes. Okay. Uh, yep. Um, 
2009, I'll skip right now just because this is a good one for I have hints designed for both you and Scott. So we'll go to 2006. Uh, ankle sprain aus blank. The Bills lost right guard blank to a high right ankle sprain early in the second quarter, and he did not return. Ankle sprains of that nature to pan severity could take up to four to six weeks to heal. Chris hmm. Valerio. Oh, Scott's back and he nails it. He didn't even need to know. It was a fifth round pick out of Indiana. He's out of nowhere. All right. And now I'll go back to the two we skipped because uh, they were they were ones which we, you know, I had hints for Scott on. All right. Here we go. Back up to 2015. If John Miller can't go, utility lineman blank will start. Craig felt... Urbic. Oh, Craig Frank. Urbic. Frank. Jumped Sorry. In I didn't mean to. I, I should have let you read the question, but he. He is the utility lineman. Like. He is, and Scott always guesses him, and he was fine the answer this yeah. week. But Frank, Frank was going to steal the thunder. Yeah. Even Frank does that, yeah. <laughs> All right, 2009, two to go. Uh, Bill's blank has made the most of his playing time. It says he's a player that maximizes his ability by understanding what we're doing with the scheme, said linebackers coach Matt Sheldon. He's a good opportunistic player who gets himself in the right place at the right time, and he's made improvement. This is in Oregon State, sixth round pick of the Bills in 2006. He was with the team for five seasons. Oh, and the man. only clue I had for you, Frank, is that he shares the same last name as the longtime principal of the John James Audubon School 33 in Rochester, New York. And he was one of the Rochester City School District's longest tenured administrators. Uh, and he retired this year after 44 years on the job. Oh, Wow. I, I I tried to find like a Marvel character with this name and it didn't work. So that's the best I could do for you, Frank. Thank you. I'm, also I'm... looked at Jane the Virgin characters, but struggled on that front too. OMG. <laughs> All right. Uh, uh, yeah, I, I uh, didn't go to public school. I, well, I, I went to suburban public school, so I'm not as familiar with uh, the city. Uh, I mean, there yeah, was Clifford, got... Clifford Janney, and I don't think he was a football player. So. Yeah. And Scott, I, I, got, uh, I got nothing. All right, Keith Allison is the player. Keith Allison. The, the, the principal was Larry Allison, Frank. So. Oh, okay. All right, last question. 1999, 20 years ago today. Blank has Bills believing in happy returns. So a 1999 return man. He's been an answer before, I think about six or seven months ago. Uh, Super this... Bowl era cowboy. And then oh, came okay. Bills became a return man for the Bills in, I think, 98, 99, and then ended his career in San Francisco the next year. It wasn't Nasty Nate or Terrible Terrence. It was not, no. Okay. Or right. Fast Freddy. Jonathan Smith. Fast Freddy, Jonathan Smith. He was a pretty big, uh, he was he was a Pro Bowl guy with the Cowboys as a, as a return man. And he played fine for the Bills. He was just old by the end of his tenure there. Derek Fine. <laughs> And David Nelson. Uh, is the correct answer? Uh, well, you know what? You guys are going to guess the correct answer. Just say the name that's that's correct to half of all the answers. Williams. Williams. Very good. Kevin Williams. Kevin yes. Williams. Yeah, and that, that was uh, yeah, that was this day in Bill's headlines for October second. And I apologize to Scott. Uh, the Braves blew a three to one lead, went down seven to three, came back in the ninth. And lost seven to six. Fantastic. Right, Nationals are down one to nothing in the second. Okay. Okay. Well, thanks. 
So crappy um, baseball. Game, both get to football. move on with our lives in a couple weeks. Exactly. <laughs> so the 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 Nats are down one nothing, and you know who's a one point favorite is the Tennessee Titans. Uh, Music City Miracle, the 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 um the greatest comeback in in NFL history. Uh, it's all on the line here in a grudge match with um you know the Titans. Uh, it's Titans week, guys. It's just like Patriots week, just a little further south. Yep. I still feel anger toward them after after that, and we don't play them much. But I was ecstatic when we beat them last year because we hadn't beaten them since the game after the Music City Miracle, where we opened up the season against them the next year and won. Right. So. Um, but the, the, look, it's, this is a, perhaps even more so than if they had beaten the Patriots, this is a super key week. Uh, you know, this is a seeding wild card heavy, you know, matchup here. The Titans are like the only, one of the only other teams kind of really in the mix with the bills. Um, and beating them would be a huge, huge help to the, to the bills chances here. Um, Scott, you have not had a lot of time, Doc, because you're just getting here. So give us your give us your thoughts on this game, and uh, and how you think it'll play out. I have your thoughts on this game, but you know, also give yeah, them. no, I mean, this one was really a tough one for me because it came, it was a lot of fifty fifty um, stuff. I mean, I think the teams kind of match up well. The Titans have won two kind of random games and lost two kind of random games. They're going through some stuff. I agree that it is pivotal. I think if you look at the rest of the Bills' schedule, I think we played two teams with winning records the rest of the way. Is that correct? I think that might uh, be yep. so uh, Pat, yeah, yep. Pats, Pats and uh, uh, like the Cowboys. Cowboys, yes. Yeah, so that's literally it. And we <laughs> literally, if we beat every team that's 500 or below the rest of the season, we will go 12 and three. We go 13 and three. <laughs> so um, now, yes, obviously. Uh, so is, I would say the more critical thing is probably making sure we beat the teams that are 500 of which we will play some of uh including the eagles in eagles, two yeah. weeks i think and then the titans obviously this sunday so uh, i think we can beat them i i have not checked email today has alan what's the deal with alan i know he practiced yesterday yep uh step four of the concussion individual. protocol practiced again today doing individual drills no report on whether he participated in team or not and they don't have to tell you he was just listed as limited in uh, practice today they did uh we did note they cut Connor mcdermott and that frees up a roster spot so we're kind of curious to see if they promote davis webb from the practice squad or not so okay. we will we uh, will see we do not know or they trade That's... for stefan diggs just, it, just <laughs> keeping that alive go ahead or antonio still available just yeah, he, maybe me. maybe Buffalo looks a little better now, huh? Maybe, maybe that's what that's what he was rooting for. Yeah, exactly. Um, so yeah, I mean, I think if this is at home, I'm definitely taking the Bills. But I think ultimately, I, 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 I still the Allen thing worries me a little bit. But I think honestly, between the run game and the defense, <laughs> I think we can handle this Titans team. I think it'll be, I think it'll be close. I could definitely see us losing. But I will make my pick 21-17 Bills over the Titans. All right. Well, so far, as, as Frank and I noted in our second quarter segment, we've agreed on all seven games, all of us, uh, so far, at least in the quarterly pick. The last week, Frank did pick the Patriots in his week, or the Bills over the Pats in his weekly picks. Um, right now, we're going to agree again. And my prediction is almost exactly the same as Scott in terms of how this game could go. The Bills... Mind you, I think this is a really a 50-50 game. I, I would not be shocked if it goes 
either way. I think uh, the Bills have some good matchups. I think if Devin Singletary's in the lineup, that's going to make a difference. I do think they're going to have finally that first consistent offensive performance of the season. I think the Titans defense has shown flashes. They've had, as Scott noted, randomly good for two games and randomly bad for two games. Uh, but I think the Bills can feed off that inconsistency. I'm going to say this is going to be tight as hell. I'm going to say Bills 30, Titans 28. Yeah, you know, I, I'm with you guys. I also am going to take the Bills, but I this is the first time I wouldn't be surprised if they lost. I, I You know, like that first time I pick, I'm I'm picking them other than kind of just going for broke with the 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 uh the pass game yeah. yeah that was just a go for broke pick um you know the the Titans are kind of a mixed bag team the Bills are uh certainly a bit more of a mixed bag team without necessarily Josh Allen or Devin Singletary I think if they get Singletary this is a lock honestly I feel like he might be the difference here um because they've they've gotten to a portion of their schedule where they're they're probably a little bit more comfortable with how they're playing. And I think they're, they're growing into themselves. Um, I don't discount Matt Barkley's ability to win a game, uh, even though I'm happy that he's not the longtime solution. Um, but for me, yeah, I think this is a bills win. I think this defense keeps them in every and any game. And there are no, there are no games they, they have to lose and there are no games they can't win. Um, so I will, I will say the, uh, the bills win this one. Uh, I think they're going to go 21 to 10. I think it's going to be that score is bigger than I think how close it is. I just think that, you know, they could get a break towards the end and it it'll break their way. Um, But I think that Buffalo will get some points and I think that Buffalo will definitely smother the Titans. And the win for last week, by the way, goes to Scott for picking the Pats 20 to 17, being the closest without going over. Well done. Well done. Uh, if you would like to be a human being that listens to this podcast, you can do that by Googling us, uh, Buffalo Bills, maybe next year. We we are in many places, and we enjoy you finding us and listening to us. You can also talk to us, uh, BBillsMNY on Twitter, Facebook.com forward slash BBillsMNY, uh, BBillsMNY at Gmail. Once a year, we open the magic email just to see what everyone has said. Um yeah, uh, do it. Come join us. Uh, join the conversation. All that stuff. Did I did I miss anything? I don't think so. Yeah, good enough. Yeah, right. Well, we're like so... we're at an hour eighteen. We're trying to get oh under. Oh my eight god, minutes, an hour so, yeah. eighteen. Yeah, sure. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you so much for listening, everyone. We really appreciate it. Until next time, my name is Frank. I'm Scott. I'm Paul. Good night, everyone.